my friends. It's Andy and Haley coming live from Yorba Linda, California. How are you? I'm good. We got close up again. Didn't I fix that? Well, it, we're close up because it has the frame. Oh. Uh, we remove the frame. Yeah. It won't look so close. Okay. You know, it seems like it's been since last year since we've been uh, on. At least. At least. <laughs> it's been... Hope, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Hope you all enjoyed a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year and that this year will be filled with blessings and favor on you and your family. Absolutely. You could find all of our content on resurrectministry.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes, in case you want to peruse the website, we have the link to His Glory TV and um, my show with 100 Bistrion on Remnant Rising. And Andy's Fearless Man podcast. We have some great books that we've recommended. And you could drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And if you care to partner with us, you can hit the Donate Now button. Absolutely. This year is going to be a, a wild year. Yeah? Yes. If we were to believe Jack's last, Jack, Pastor Jack Hibbs over at Calvary Chapuccino Hills. Yes. Last message. Says, look, uh, look forward to this year to being a one filled with chaos <laughs> that's not what he said <laughs> and be happy for it and be happy because it's a sign that god is uh, that uh, jesus is coming god is on the move absolutely all right so we're uh, reading from uh, charles spurgeon morning by morning we're starting from the beginning of the book now um <clears throat> and it starts with something that i desperately need still need Surprisingly enough, after three years of saying this, I still need to work on my practice of prayer. And uh, I need to devote more time to prayer. Uh, so I'm glad that we're starting off the year this way. So let's go ahead and start and see what Charles has to say for January 2nd. Uh, the reference is Colossians 4.2. Devote yourselves to prayer, Hedia. Yes. Listen to Charles. Charles says, it is interesting to note the large portion of God's sacred word dedicated to the subject of prayer, either in delivering example, either in delivering examples to follow, demanding obedience to its truth, or declaring promises regarding it. We can scarcely open the Bible before quickly reading. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. And just before closing the blessed volume, the Amen of purposeful petition reaches our ears. Examples are plentiful. In this book, we find a wrestling Jacob, a Daniel who prayed three times in a day, and a David who called upon his God with all his heart. We see Elijah on a mountain and Paul and Silas in a prison. We find multitudes of commands and myriads of promises. What do these teach us except the sacred importance and necessity of prayer, we can be certain that whatever God has made so prominent in his word, he intends to be conspicuously evident in our lives. Yes. If he says so much about prayer, it is because he knows how much we need it. Our needs are so deep that we must not cease to pray until we are in heaven. Do you feel you have no needs? Then I fear you do not know your true poverty. Do you have no desire or mercy to ask of God? Then may the Lord in his mercy show you your misery for a prayerful, a prayerless soul is a Christless soul. Prayer is the struggling speech of the believing infant, the war cry of the fighting believer, and the requiem 
of the dying saint falling asleep in the arms of Jesus. It is the breath, the password, the comfort, the strength, and the privilege of a Christian. So if you are a child of God, you will seek your father's face and live in your father's love. Amen. Pray that this year you will be holy, humble, devoted, and diligent, that you will have closer communion with Christ, often entering the banquet room of his love. Pray that you will be an example and a blessing to others, and that you will live more and more for the glory of your master. May your motto this year be devote yourselves to prayer. <sighs> Boy, I, I think I, I get intimidated, which is really odd because hmm. I don't get intimidated for much other things. What do you mean? I get intimidated because like when you pray, you're able to pull out, pull up scripture in the middle of your prayer, <laughs> like just randomly. Like you'll be talking and all of a sudden you'll say, as it says in Psalm 39b2. I wish. And you'll like recite something. I go, oh, and I, in, in listening to your prayer, I go, oh, that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that. And then uh, the times that I pray, I, I, the whole time I'm praying and I'm thinking pretty cool stuff and I'm talking to God. And then I go, oh. and in the middle, I, I start to panic. No. Yes, because I think, yeah, I, I should be able to pull up some of the scripture. I mean, I read a devotional nearly every darn day. Oh. Darn, 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 darn day. <laughs> and I can't, I can't come up with one bit of scripture. Oh. And it kind of, I get a little panicky. And I feel like people, I know I shouldn't feel this way because it's my conversation with God. And, right. And, and, and he, he doesn't judge me that, in that way. No. But I feel like everybody in the room is just like, <laughs> come on, bro. You can't come up with one you can't come up with one. Yes, one. I can. One. I remember Jesus wept. Jesus. <laughs> That's the shortest. I can't, shortest I can't come up with one. <laughs> Amen. This is the only part of scripture that I could come up with towards you. I don't know why. It's it's really, it, it's kind of like I remember when I was trying to learn, uh, when I was learning how to play hockey. And I, I did not want to be embarrassed amongst my, my firemen and police officer friends who I was playing hockey with. So I went and took private lessons. Nobody knew this. I was taking private lessons in another ice rink where I knew no, none of them would be. Well. In you, Ontario. I went to drove all the way to Ontario almost well, every day. Well, use that analogy <laughs> for this same thing. <laughs> and then I came out on the ice. They go, wow, you must have been playing hockey all your life. I go, they didn't know. I just had started like two months before. Yeah. But I paid a lot for lessons and what is the moral of the story i need to pay somebody to teach me the, <laughs> how to remember scripture well, no or you could just do it yourself <laughs> i try i try but do you make a conscious effort to try to memorize because that's a conscious mm. effort i'm horrible at memorizing. when i read <laughs> i can't remember my kids birthdays when i remember <laughs> passages of scripture that i want to memorize i keep uh repeating it over to myself Oh, I like what Carrie says here. Carrie says, do you think God is testing you or is it pride, Andy? It's pride. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I know that that's that part of my flesh that I can't I can't cut off. Well, that's your New Year's resolution to be more prayerful. And it'll just it should then it'll just come. Yes. I mean, and I see great success in prayer. I mean, I've seen it. I, I asked for him to show himself. You know, for years I did it, and then he, he showed himself. I mean, it was more of a, like, I just releasing myself to his arms. Oh, speaking he, of. He, he showed up. When we were at uh, church the other day, and I told you, 
close your eyes and try to visualize that scene mm. when you saw his face. Did it work? I didn't see his face, but I felt his presence. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt like, like oh, that felt, it felt, I, I was like pain free for a moment. I was, awesome. I don't know how to, I, I'm sure yeah. other people have, have experienced it, but it's a, it's a moment in, in, in it Jesus' arms, like it says in, in this devotional, that when you're in his arms, there's nothing like it. Yes. It's like being on a, on one of those beds, <laughs> those, those number beds, um, where you feel just like, wow, this, this is amazing. That's, that's, and it was unfortunate. It was really brief, but it was, uh, it was awesome. So no, I didn't see him, but I felt his presence. That's good. That's awesome. So what do you have to say, Miss Prayer Warrior? Because you seem to be very comfortable in your prayer. But here's the thing, though. I wish, so I'm trying to get in the habit of making sure to start every day with prayer. So as I lie there in the bed, I am at a loss for words. In other words, I don't know what to pray about other than, you know, I hand this day over to you, I surrender my life to you, I offer myself as a living sacrifice, uh, you know, go before me, don't go, don't send me anywhere that you don't go before me. And then I feel like stuck. So for the past couple of weeks, what I have been doing is praying the Lord's Prayer. Our mm -hmm. Father. Who art in heaven. Yes. Hallowed be, be thy name. name. The kingdom come, come. that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. And I start to recite that to myself. You know, and I start to meditate on the words because he said, this is how you pray. Mm. So I said, okay, well, when I'm at a loss for words, that's what I'm going to pray. I pray that and Psalm 23. And I don't remember all the words, but I just struggle to try to remember the words. And then I go back throughout the day at some point and read it and try to memorize it again. Because I feel like if there's just some certain passages of scripture that you could read over yourself, then um, that's at least... Um, that's at least a powerful prayer. I also find myself, I wish I would devote more time to it. Mm. And every time I try, I do it for a couple of days and I stop. But one thing that I'm happy to be in a practice of is I, I talk to Jesus all day long. So some of it's in a prayer, some of it's in a, you know, uh, what are you trying to show me? Um, I, I don't want to be stuck in my feelings, Lord, please remove this, you know, take every thought captive under the command of Christ Jesus. Like I say that to myself like a hundred times a day, you know, like, I just don't want to think these thoughts. I don't want to get stuck in this emotion. I don't, I want to feel your presence, you know, like mm -hmm. throughout the day, I will have those conversations dozens of times. Uh, but I, um, and you know, we pray over food, we pray before we do something, we kids, we, you know, whenever there's, when somebody asks us to pray for them, we pray for them. So all those count too. Yeah. But I think, I don't think there's a single person that could say they pray enough. I think we all can make a commitment to praying more. You know, this reminds me of, uh, you know, for those of you that may be joining us for the very first time, we talk about Pastor Jack Hibbs a lot over at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, because that's our, our church. Yes. And um, he has a quite a a way of saying some things that just stick in your in your head yes. um, because he speaks from the Bible. <laughs> um, but he talked about a study, not a study, but a um, what's it called? A poll that was taken with uh, oh, pastors 
about how much, how often do they pray if they could put it in the amount of time. And they, and they said something like 30 seconds a day. Yeah. And he goes, 30 <laughs> seconds a day. No wonder the churches are failing. And uh, literally, and, that it, was the overwhelming response 30 seconds a day from that, pastors. Yeah. And so that, and then he goes, wait a minute. And he said, you should be talking to God like all the time. And right. should be like, how could you go through your job <laughs> as a pastor without? Yeah, like when you get in the car, like, please, God, you know, make sure, in, you know, let me know, you know, what I should do on the way to this meeting. I mean, he goes, you don't have to pray with your hand. Like the picture that we have for our thumbnail is the hands clasp over the Bible. Like that's, you don't have to do that to, to, to call it praying. You can drive with your eyes open and be talking to God, which is praying. You can be uh, spending time with your kids uh, in, uh, you know, in a moment as you're spending time with, well, God, thank you for this moment of, this time I have with my kids, it's amazing. And, right. and all of those moments are, should add up to more than 30 seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he was convinced that they must have not phrased the question, right? right. How many times are you in the formal position of prayer? Uh, yes. On your knees. He talked about being on, on his knees. He goes, I, yeah. sometimes I, he goes, I go a couple of days without going to my knees and praying to God. But uh, I, I, I'd say sometimes I don't, I go a year without going to my knees and that's sad, uh, but I've been doing it a little bit more often. I think that that's, uh, again, another practice that I need to, to be, to involve myself in, to totally surrender to God. Yeah, Cause unfortunately I find myself only on my knees when I'm desperate. Mm, yeah. When I find something <laughs> to be very, very wrong, very wrong. I find myself on my knees and my head to the floor crying. You should do that out of gratitude. Yeah, too. I just bang my head against the wall. Uh, Carrie says, I start asking every morning, God, to help me keep that communication open all day and guide me through each day. That's a great prayer, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, those of you that are watching that haven't had a chance to comment, like Carrie, please comment. Let us know. Let us know how it is that you pray. Are you are you devoted to uh, to prayer every day? And uh, and what what does prayer look like to you? Does it, does it, do you think that it has to be something you do on your hands and knees next to your bed? Or do you pray as you're going throughout your day? Which I really am so glad that Jack mentioned that because that's, I think I would have thought the same thing. I think if I would have taken that poll, I would have gone, hmm, I haven't done that for like three or four days. <laughs> so horrible. Um, when I, is there, Is there a, a practice? I mean, is there something that we should probably do in as a everyday practice oh, of, of yes. just of just saying, hey, good morning, God, like almost like calling him on the phone and saying, I just wanted to call and see how things are going, God. I do that. <laughs> I try to do that. That's that's what I told you is my what I'm trying to do every morning. Uh, I do make it. A conscious effort to do that because I think that's the thing that I, I think that uh, now that I've talked this through about Jack's you know message and what he said and everything else is that I think I just need to remember just to say hi yeah yeah I was just, I was gonna say that in response to your prayer of course it's important to learn scripture to memorize scripture because there's power in the gospel there's just mm. there's power in it so when you need something to get done you want that you want those verses but besides that you want to commune with god mm. and you want to be in conversation because he's waiting you know and so it's important for us to surrender each day to him and that's just having a conversation good morning thank you 
I love you. Thank you for my health today. I look forward to see what you're going to do in and through me today. Um, give me strength, give me patience, give me courage. You know, all the attributes that you know um, he's looking for in us. Um, and then start the day. It takes 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, when you started to say, Our Father, out in heaven, you know, you know how I, once you start saying it, it comes to me and I can, yeah. I can uh, follow you like a song comes on the radio. Like yes. if you were to ask me, Hey, what are the words to my Sharona? You know, I might be able to pull up. But when you hear the song, then you can just sing along. Yes. But it comes from, you know, the 15 years or so I spent in the Catholic Church because they say that at every Mass, oh, the, the Lord's Prayer. See? <laughs> It's good. It's good. good tidbit, that's the one. Know? That's the one prayer that they yeah that they did at the Catholic uh, at the Catholic Mass that I could remember. Um, Carrie says says she her knees can't do that anymore. <laughs> and there's that. <laughs> Just do it on your back. Just lay down yes. on the bed and do it. That's that's all that's needed. All right. So we have a lot of scripture uh, that we need to get to. Yes, long long examples of the power of prayer. And again, this is what. Um, I think we think of most often when we think of prayer is intentional prayer that's going to lead to a result that you're asking of, of God. Mm. And we do that often when we have our home church, when we go to Mariama's home church, when we do when we're, when we're at um, Calvary Chapel, is these intentional prayers for God's mercy or for God to move or to heal our land and to intercede for our friends when they're sick or they have um, personal difficulties, family difficulties. And so these are some great examples of that. And I also want to mention, I'm listening to this great series called The Transformation by the Spirit, Chuck Swindoll. And he goes through a very elaborate um, discussion of the apostles and describing them and who they were before they became the apostles. Because he says that God was very intentional in the way he chose them. And even the prophets of the Old Testament to show how fallible, how how fallible, you know, how fallible they were. <laughs> like sometimes I use SAT words and I just can't think of other words. Uh, and they and how human they were and how um, prone to sin they were, but yet they were able to do remarkable things. Mm. And so those are really important examples for us. And the most important examples for the apostles were. They were ordinary until they received power of the Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my Holy Spirit. And their lives were transformed after that day at Pentecost when they received the tongues of fire. And so we have to look at our own lives in that same way is that we and and this is one thing that Jack had us go through on New Year's, um, which was accept that, you know, believe that you have grown. And if you haven't, something's wrong. So look at this year and say, how much have I grown? Am I stronger? Am I closer to God? Am I deeper? Has my relationship grown deeper? And I think you can honestly say all of those are resounding yeah. yes. I so, think you could have titled that message, Andy's message. Oh, I mean, it was, it's so, that's so awesome. That is so absolutely awesome that we could say um, yes to each of those questions about our lives mm -hmm. and that each of us should be able to ask ourselves those questions. Have I grown closer to God? Is my relationship deeper? Do I feel um, that I've learned more about him in this past year? Because if you could say yes to those questions and we're on the right track and just knowing that the more we strive to 
to receive more, the more he'll give. You know, we're cisterns of his of his grace. And I love that he, another thing that's been on my heart a lot is this idea of the, you know, I've said it a couple of times, is the perspective, having a heavenly perspective that we look at our lives on the scale of eternity, not just on earth. And so he described it as being pilgrims, that we are just pilgrims on this earth. And if you look at being a pilgrim in 2023, what does that look like, especially in our country? Um, we are now ravaged by immorality and debauchery, similar to the old times in the Old Testament. And what are we going to do about it? How are we going to be more faithful? How are we going to be stronger? How are we going to be more committed to the gospel? How are we going to evangelize more and see ourselves as people that have the transformational power of the spirit to change our circumstances of our country and our homes in our town. Absolutely. Hey, Kate. Hi, Kate. Nice Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So right. here we go. In Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. It's the other half of that scripture. Being watchful and thankful. Um, Genesis 4.26, Seth also had a son. This is a genealogy of um, Adam and Eve. And he named him Enosh. At the time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. And so the commentary says, because this is the line, you know, this is the line of which Jesus comes. And I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize that it came directly from Adam. I had forgotten that Seth was born of Adam and Eve. But it makes sense because he couldn't come through Cain because Cain was a murderer. And, um, and Abel this, was dead. And Abel was dead. <laughs> and so this is when they started using the word Jehovah in prayer. That's when it began. Revelation 22, 21, last word of the Bible. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And mm. Genesis uh, 3, uh, Genesis 32, 22 to 32. Uh, bear with me. This is Jacob wrestling with God. And he arose that night and took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent them over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now what he saw, um, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go. The day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Like that's the power of Satan. And he didn't say anything dramatic and just, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Mm -hmm. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, what is it that, why is it that you ask me my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip, <laughs> limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank which is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. So um, we've talked about last time we read the scripture that, um, that he wrestled with the man. Remember he's described as a man, not an angel, that it was a Christophany of Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, there was the response of this man is you, um, you're named Israel for you have struggled with God and with men. So who else is God and man? Yeah. I just noticed that. 
<laughs> Nobody but Christ is God and man. It's such an interesting incident to be um, written about in the Bible because it's so absurd that it couldn't be like, who would come up with something like this yeah. unless it actually happened? Those, 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 there are those things. As a police officer, I remember going to calls, you know, where it's, you know, X, Y, and Z would happen with, you know, A, B, and C person. And you would look like, how? This how? is so absurd. <laughs> you couldn't, this is good. This will make a great movie because nobody would ever believe it. Right. And we hear that on the news quite often. You can't make this stuff up, folks. But I mean, you just like I've now we've read this, I think, a few times, and not only this uh, with um, Charles Spurgeon, but with Wigglesworth. Uh, the story has come up before. And I, every time I hear it, I say, wow, like nobody would sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a story about, you know, whatever prophet or whatever person would wrestle with a man and then he would like touch his hip. Like, no, it, this is but just it's a great amazing, story, isn't yeah, it? Just like it, the power it, of prayer. It's so crazy and it's so awesome. Daniel 6.10. And now when Daniel, this is after Nebuchadnezzar gave the decree that everybody was to worship him in this new statue that he created. Daniel was not having it. And so now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened to Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. And the important thing, we often use this scripture when we talk about obedience to authority. And they say that, Daniel is a great example of not obeying things that are against God. And mm. he opened the windows to make sure everybody saw him praying in disobedience to Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, and I didn't realize that. Yes. So it goes on later to, to explain, I think, in greater detail. But that's why he opened the windows to make sure everybody saw him uh, and were able to testify that he was staying obedient to God. And... Not listening to and not listening the, to Nebuchadnezzar. Yep. Yes, hmm. it's good. It's good. To keep it in your pocket. That's why when you need it. That's why I do a lot of things in front of the windows. See that Psalm fifty-five <laughs> sixteen. As for me, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Power of prayer eighty-six twelve in Psalms. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. And now first Wait, Kings. Who was that? Uh, that's David. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, but it would have to be David. You know, if I would have if I would have taken some time with what I know now, I was that out of all the characters in the Bible, who would be able to to do that and and not later on be proven a, a, a wuss? <laughs> it'd have to be David. David. David's really the only the you know. He was a great poet. Yep. He was a great poet and a great warrior. Yeah. So this is the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel against the prophets of Baal. And so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. So when he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Jezebel was um, Ahab's wife. So Ahab sent word through all of Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. And Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. 
But the people said nothing. And then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but don't set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call in the name of your God and I will call in the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. That's sure enough test, right? Mm -hmm. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah says to the prophets of Baal, choose any of the bulls and prepare it first since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God. He's constantly pointing out how many of them there are. <laughs> Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. And so they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. You shout louder. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descendant of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, enough to hold two seahs of seed. And he arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four jars of water and pour it on the offering and on the wood to show that it's drenched in water. And he did it again, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you are Lord and God and that you are turning their hearts back again. That's a prayer we could pray too, you know. Mm -hmm. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded them saying, seize the prophets of Baal, don't let anyone get away. They seized them and Elijah brought them down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. Yikes. Yikes. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there is the sound of heavy rain. This is his next prayer, his next miracle. And Ahab went off to eat and drink. Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel. Ah, backstory. So there was a drought. He had prayed for a drought. Um, Elijah had first prayed for a drought for two years. So livestock started to die. They had no food. That's why the story of the rain is coming in. Uh -huh. So he's telling him, go, it's going to start raining, which didn't make any sense. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent to the ground and put his face between his knees. So he's praying with his face between his knees. That's how intense he's praying. And he tells to his servant, go look in the sea. And he went up and looked. There's nothing, he said. Seven times, he said, go back. <laughs> the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud, as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky, sky grew black with clouds and the wind rose and a heavy rain started to fall. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab 
all the way to Jezreel. So Ahab's in a chariot. Hmm. Elijah's on foot. <laughs> I love that story. It's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. So much again. I mean. The power of prayer. And it's a great prayer when we're asking the Lord to move. All the things that he said. You, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. and Come show them today that you are God. I just see him sitting in a lounge chair and they're praying, please, please. And he's maybe he's busy. And he's like, right? <laughs> you know, he's got something. To see. He's got like a toothpick in his ear. Maybe, maybe he's gone somewhere and he can't hear you. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> and this is uh, the story, also a long one, folks. Bear with me. Acts 16 of Paul and Silas in prison. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had that spirit which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are the servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. And finally, Paul was so annoyed. He turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. And when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the market face, marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or to practice. The crown joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them nice. carefully. Yeah, see, they they uh, preached the gospel, even under the fear of being beaten. How many times Paul was beaten? When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Oh, look at that miracle. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But he thought the prisoners, when he thought the prisoners had escaped, Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke of the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And immediately, and then he immediately and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrate sent the officers to the jailers with the order to release the men. And the jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can go, go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and they threw us in prison. Now they want to get rid of us quietly. No, let them come and escort us out. <laughs> Look how obnoxious <laughs> Paul was. The officer reported to the magistrates. And when they heard Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they were met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. Good old Lydia's house. Good old Lydia's house. <laughs> to go sit and pray and fellowship. Wow. To be alive in those days. And then to be flogged and beaten and then 
Yeah, you can say, okay, you can leave now. He goes, no. No. <laughs> you insulted me. You insulted me. You must now come and politely escort me out. But see, that's what it means wow. to have that heavenly perspective, right? They didn't care to live as Christ to die as gain. They mm. were like, I'm going to preach the gospel as long as I'm here and I'm going to suffer the consequences. And when I die, I'm going to Jesus. That's the only way you can do that. We just don't see men and women like that. Uh, there are in other parts of the world. We don't see them in America. Right. That's true. They are in China, in Afghanistan. I mean, we see one on Sunday. Yeah. I think he definitely, I, I, I have faith that he would stand there and take whatever he had to for God. Um, and there'd be, you know, Dennis probably, <laughs> who's one of the other pastors there at Calvary Chapel. I mean, um, my friend Marcia describes like, you know, the, when she was in prison in Iran, they told her, all you have to do is renounce Jesus. She's like, no. And she was sentenced to death. She was going to be executed in the public square. Mm. And she still said, no. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? That's faith. Yeah. It's scary saying, stand our ground like Paul. Yes. Would God give us the courage like Paul? America has grown soft. Mm. Yes. Comfortable Christianity. That's just so great about the stories of the the pilgrims that uh, Jack referred to. You know, just what they went through just on that ship, just to get across the sea. They and didn't once give they up. got here, and they continued to pray. You know, when the the mass broke off and they were looked like everything was lost, and they can they didn't give up. They didn't give up hope. They continued to pray, and the next thing you know, they're on land. <laughs> and so uh, and then you know, so many of them died, and, and the diseases were, and starvation, yeah. and, and then you know. Indians and cannibal Indians and yes, it was not easy. Yeah, yeah, and we have grown soft since then. I mean, we went through uh, some ages where you know, uh, men and women, you know, during the world wars that we went through, you know, those were some plagues, some incredible heroes and stories, plagues. But uh, right now, we're probably about as soft as we've ever been. Yes, unfortunately, many of our churches too. Yes, sadly enough. If you can call them churches. You know, I saw a post today on Facebook and it said, uh, what celebrity do you have the least like respect for and would never want to meet? You know, of course, people said like the Kardashians and that kind of stuff. But uh, one was uh, 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 Olstein. A lot of people. <laughs> there was like a whole. It was I think the most was Joel Olstein. That no. they, yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> I know, but it just reminds. I mean, this whole thing, this whole discussion reminds me of somebody's like, "Oh yes, and everything's great, and yeah, just pray to God, and you'll get a new car, and you'll get a new house, and you'll go on vacation. It's gonna be great." Aww. And then, then you, then you have, okay, Joel, you're gonna be the first to die. No, I just, I don't know why I get that feeling. Like we're gonna take your hair gel and your teeth whitening, and uh, you can't have it. No, no, I forsake him. I just have this feeling that he would give in pretty quickly, take away his hair gel. How sad. <laughs> What's Carrie have to say there? Uh, God has saved my life a few times, so my time belongs to Him. Oh, Amen. that's awesome! So great to have a testimony. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, it's great to be back with you. It's like I haven't seen you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> great to be back with all of you. You know, one of the things we had the good fortune um, 
you know, in some ways, in other ways, you know, maybe it's just been a little bit challenging, but uh, we've had uh, three kids with us for two weeks straight yes. going on our second week. Yes. And that's not, that's not usual. And so, which has been cool. Went snow skiing and we've gone shopping and yes. grocery shopping and where else? Gym together. Uh, but it really, it's a, it's a blessing for us, but it does make it difficult to do some of the things that we normally do. What's interesting is that, you know, I think I went to the car, I went to car wash as I went to car wash and I went to Kino. So there's a few things I do that are just kind of between me and God. And, but Ray was with me and I was saying, she, she's like going, this is what you do when, uh, when I'm at school. Yes. Well, kind of. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. I go to Costco. <laughs> I go, go to the car wash. They're like, you must, you spend a lot of time cleaning your car. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm at Kino's. <laughs> and then I'm seeing people, the waiter that we know, what's his name again? Leo. Leo. I see Leo. She's like going. And I know the guy at the car wash now. And I go, hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing? And we start that. She goes, how do you know all these people? <laughs> well, this is what I do when you're not around. So it's been fun. It's been interesting uh, time. But uh, it's great to be back with you guys, our, our, yes. our friends around the world, which is awesome. Uh, oh, Kate's going to be a granny. Yay, for the seventh time. Wow. Oh, I can't wait. Well, we should have them fall like dominoes, hopefully, if they all get married in a reasonable time. <laughs> we're old so we get they gotta get married fast you know what's hysterical is that all my friends i went to high school with which you know i'm friends with a lot of my friends from high school yeah <laughs> and police officer friends you know that i went to the academy together they all have grandkids yeah and they, and they asked me about my well, my kids are still in elementary school <laughs> and they, look, they look at me like I go, wait a minute i have i have grandkids that are in their 20s <laughs> Everybody tells us that. Like everybody's like, you know, that when they hear our stories, because people our age are empty nesters. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't have grandkids, they're empty nesters. And I'm like, I will never be an empty nester. <laughs> they will put me in a nest before I'm an empty nester. <laughs> They're still going to karate. They're still going to cheerleading practice. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, Carrie has three great grands. Wow. Oh, Dale. We'll never see great grandkids. Yes, we. I will. My mom has great grandkids. But you're, you're going to spend a few years with Jesus before I get a chance. <laughs> and she got a nice Chrissy gift. Yes. Nice. Wow, very cool. Congratulations, ladies. That's yes. awesome. Yes. You guys are Pray amazing. for us. Pray for us that we'll see a grandchild. <laughs> yes. Uh, planned. We want, to, you a know, planned we, we want everything to go the way that God wants it to go. First a husband or a <laughs> wife and then a child. Yes. Make sure we get it in the right order. Yes. All right, my friends. Anything else, my love? Do you want to tell them about the Edify app? We are part of the Edify Christian Podcast Network, edifi.app. If you could download and subscribe, it would be a great blessing to us, edifi.app. And uh, just another prayer request as we get closer to teaching this class for the high schoolers. that uh, Next week, next we, Tuesday. These days are getting closer, and a little bit of anxiety is kind of hitting. Lots of anxiety. <laughs> That we, I mean, is it, what's the, sorry, I didn't mean that I knew we were signing off here, but what do you think, and I want to know what your answer, because I have an answer, what is the most stressful or worrisome part about, about what we're about to um, engage in with teaching high schoolers at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills? Uh, for me, it's 
dividing what is going to be presented versus what I'm going to say. Cause I can, mm. I can speak off the cuff, but how do I present it um, either visually or on paper to them to help them follow along that they don't get lost. Uh, For me, that's the hardest part. Oh. So they don't get bored and fall asleep and their ADHD kick in, and, <laughs> you know, to make it interesting enough. Oh. We're teaching a class on uh, how you could uh, start a career in law enforcement because these are all uh, teenagers. And so we're trying to encourage them to pursue a career in law enforcement. And so it's basically telling them about what it takes. Hmm. Mine is, is uh, making the connection, the biblical connection. Well, that's hard too. I haven't even started that part. Uh, I've been able to do it with a few things okay. here and there, but um uh, it's that is is I um, just want to make sure that I'm on on point when I do that that, yeah. it, that it makes sense because as a police officer I was not right you know, I I got to church a few times but that wasn't where I am today you know I, mean, I didn't practice it I didn't pray to anybody before they were dying in front of me or anything like that or you know mention God during an arrest like hey you might want to you know turn your your life towards God right. which would have been great. Right. I, I, he was captive. He, I got him handcuffed in the back of my car. I could have said, hey, bro, do you know Jesus Christ? <laughs> that would have been awesome. I know. I just go, oh, my gosh. That would have been so cool. I've got so much practice. What are yeah. I going to do? I mean, I, I, I did a lot worse things to them. Oh, right. you know? <laughs> um, the other thing is that I just want to make I just want to make Jack proud. Yes. That's, yeah, that's probably even weighs heavier on me. That if there's any time that he, I just, I have this picture of him walking in and sitting in. I it just, I, I would not know what to do. I think I would fall apart. Like, <laughs> or for people to go back and be like, wow, that Hetty and Andy, woo, yeah. class was terrible. So yes. boring. What a snoozer. Yes. If they, at the end of the, of the class, they, you know, end of the 14 days or whatever long we're doing it, that they uh, give them one of those, you know, forms to fill out. Like, how did you like the class? What yes. Like, uh, says, this is this, this, this this a snoozer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want, I don't want that to happen. All right. What, uh, let's so see. Carrie thinks oh. that's, uh, the hardest part visuals. Mm. She gets that. And Kate says she was Toastmaster trained for public speaking. Keep it short with relevant stories to back up what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yes. Our policeman like watchman on the wall. Yes. There you go. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Thank you, Carrie. He says, don't do it for the man. Do it unto God. Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But we just don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> That's that pride thing still comes in. Yeah. That Carrie pointed out earlier. All right. Well, thank you for that. It's all great advice. And uh, any of you watching the replay? Um, just feel free to also comment, let us know what yes. your thoughts are, but uh, we really, really would appreciate your prayers and we're, and I'm not going to stop bugging you about it until we finally get there because <laughs> we still have a lot to put together. All right, my friends, we love you guys. God Bye. Bless. God bless. Take care. Thank you.